What's happening, weirdos? Indeed, what is happening? Why? It's our anniversary week. Four years. Four years married and nine years together. Nine years. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the live episode on Wednesday, and here we are for the not live. It's live to us. Yeah, we're live. We're live. You're just not live. You're not. You're live where you are. And you're all live, which is something to celebrate. Vivo. Vivo. Well, this is a great one. We loved it. We're into it. We enjoyed it. Uh, We have a live, we made it weird on November 22nd at Largo. Uh, Amy Mann will be on that. Moshe Kasher will be on that. Yep. Uh, Probably some others because we love it. And it's, it was like a party and the hardest I've laughed in a long time. So it's going to be great. Come to that, Largo-LA.com. And also I'll be doing stand-up at Largo with a bunch of stand-up guests on November 3rd. Tickets at Largo-LA.com. Anything else? Mm. Mm. Oh, check out the trailer for Home Sweet Home Alone. You are fun. Yeah, why not? I'm in the movie Home Sweet Home Alone. Check out the trailer. It's very good. It looks really good. And I'm a big Home Alone fan, although... I love Home Alone 2 um, better than Home Alone 1. And I, I think that I makes stand you that. more of a Home Alone fan. Yeah. It's once they switch Culkins. That's a, when to, it got... To a non-Culkin. That's when it jumped the shark. Yeah. Yeah, it sort of jumped the shark. But we're trying to re... I, I think we succeeded, I hope, in mm-hmm. re-sharking the Home Alone series. I think you did. Um, that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. I mean, Vulture's going to be all over that. Home, home slams, ju- shark jumping, Home Alone 4. <laughs> Most people don't even know there was a Home Alone 4. That's how big of fans we are. We know. We know. There's a Home Alone 4. Uh, and as always, if you like this show, try a Pete's Pick. Like, we have a new one, which is Sundays. Uh, for all of our dog-owning friends and weirdos out there, you guys know about Brody. We have a dog. We love our dog. I know I have a complicated relationship with my dog's barking, but that's it. Other than that, he is a member of our family. Yep. And for real, for real, I'm always on the lookout for ways to love him. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I, There's like this barking uh, conflict between us, but he doesn't know that. He's, he's just happy to be here, and I love him for that, and I'm always trying to shower him with good things, and especially good food, and Sundays is the best dog food. Yeah. First of all, it's the easiest dog food because it ships. We're always forgetting and having to drive out mm-hmm. to a pet store to buy some crap dog food. Sundays is delivered directly to your door. It doesn't need to be refrigerated. We've done f- human-grade uh, dog food before. It was our entire fridge. Yeah. It, it was a nightmare. Fridge. Just disgusting. And then you have to thaw Containers it, and you thaw and it. And it smells. It was nasty. But that's how much we love Brody. I'm so glad we know about Sundays now because it's a fun yellow box, almost like a cereal box, and it's air-dried human-grade dog food, which means you don't have to refrigerate it. And it's like a dog commercial, dog food commercial in our house, mm-hmm. meaning he runs for it. He goes nuts. He goes nuts. Yeah. This is real. This is not, I'm not reading copy. Our dog, Brody, <laughs> goes nuts mm-hmm. for this food. Mm-hmm. His tail is wagging so fast. In the summer months, I plan to sit behind him for a cool breeze. (laughs) 
he devours it with his dry, sort of burnt, nasty kibble, which was just sort of the best we were doing for a little while. Uh, now I feel bad. Um, he wouldn't finish it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sundays, it's gone. It's gone like it's gone. before we have time to close the box. Yes, it's impolite. <laughs> and then he runs over to the box and sniffs the box. And honestly, you can tell by looking at it that it's incredibly high quality, yeah. that it's not what we normally think of when we think of his dog food. But it's as easy as feeding him a scoop of kibble. So I am seriously on board with Sundays. Uh, if you would like to try it, uh, meet... Now I'm reading copy, but you you already have the endorsement. Meet Sundays, the first and only human-grade air-dried dog food, combining the nutrition and taste of all natural human-grade foods with the ease of a zero-prep, ready-to-eat formula. Sundays is the best way to feed your best friend. Sundays is gently air-dried and ready-to-eat. Uh, versus other uh, dog brands that are cooked or frozen instead. We use the gross frozen kind. It's as simple as scoop. Serve and watch your pup devour it in a blind taste test. Sunday outperform- Sundays outperformed leading competitors 40 to 0. Wow. Can't argue with that. Guys, 40 to 0. <laughs> No artificial binders, synthetic additives, or general garbage. Seriously, look at the label. All of Sunday's, Sunday's ingredients are easy to pronounce, except maybe quinoa, <laughs> and the healthiest for dogs to eat. Simply said, Sunday's makes it easier for me to be an awesome dog parent. And we've worked out a special deal for weirdos. Receive 35% off. It seems like a typo. 35% off your first order. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash weird. Switch to Sundays and feel good about what you're feeding your dog. We also are uh, brought to us, <laughs> brought to us by our friends at Living Libations. We love living libations, talking about uh, eating natural and good things. For so long, I've been careful about what I put in my body, but I wasn't being very careful about what I put on my body. And I'm talking about skin care. I'm talking about dental care. I'm talking about eye care. I'm talking about shaving cream, uh, moisturizers. I was buying these things at the mall at, at fancy French stores, and I thought they were good and high quality because they were, frankly, because they were expensive and because they were hard to pronounce. Uh, but these are made by companies that don't care about us. They just care about money and packaging and branding. And they're filled with uh, chemicals linked to disease and toxicity levels never intended for humans. So I want to eat food where I recognize the ingredients. And I want my skincare to be the same. So enter Living Libations. They are a huge part of both Val and I's routine. Mm-hmm. Every morning before preschool, we are slathering. Well, not slathering, but putting on a good coat of uh, their zinc-based uh, sunblock. Even the head nat- to toe for Leela. Head to toe. The and natural sunblocks, even the ones that you find, often aren't natural. It's like a scam. That's it true. deserves its own documentary. But Living Libations makes a real, proper, natural, and powerful, effective zinc based sunblock, which I love. And it's easy. It smells great, and it's easy to smooth on, to spread on, That's which right. is really important because. If you're trying to do head-to-toe sunscreen for a three-year-old every single day, you want that to be easy to put on. And it feels good, and she never burns, and she's playing outside in her underwear all day. (laughs) So it's effective and powerful, and it's not greasy, and it smells fantastic, and it's easy to put on. Also, for me, my routine, you you guys probably know, but I use the Ginger Exfoliating Scrub before I shave. Not only is it natural and clean and made with oils and extracts that I recognize as natural, but it is also the most badass hardcore exfoliant I've ever used in my life. 
and I shave with their Zen Shave, which is their shaving balm, which is so clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as your aftershave. You can rub it into your skin. That's how clean these ingredients are, not some neon blue goo shot from a pressurized can. And at night, we both use their Best Skin Ever Moisturizer. The truth of the matter, this is one of the best ways to support the show because they have little things. You can get like a little thing, get a tongue scraper, uh, or you can get a lot of, can do what we did, which is an overhaul of all of your products. But it's a great way to support your body, your health, and the show. Speaking of, one of my favorites that we never talk about in this ad is their deodorant. Mm. It's called Underarm Charm, which is very cute. They have different scents. And I have tried every natural deodorant under the sun. They don't, they, they might smell great for a couple hours, but then they don't last. This stuff lasts yeah, and this it is, smells great. I'm so glad you said that. I Again, these are things we actually use and love, so I'm happy to know that. And they, everything they make smells so good. I'm not surprised. So, uh, whatever you got, Living Libations, I promise, has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to replace the random chemical nightmare they sell at 7-Eleven. And you can get 20% off for listening and show your uh, support of the podcast. Go to livinglibations.com. Use promo code WEIRD for 20% off. That's livinglibations.com, promo code WEIRD for 20% off, and show your support of the show. Last but not least, we have Public Goods, which has been such a lifesaver, especially as parents. Uh, Val and I joke that it's like the everything you need store, uh, or like a chic, well-done, modern general store, almost like they'd have in the Wild West. (laughs) But like, it's all the stuff you need that you forget that you need, but that you always need. And not only that, but it's like chic and minimal and gives your home like a feel and an aesthetic. This is public goods. Public goods is the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper to shampoo. Public goods is the new everything store thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. What we really like about it is that the products have, uh, like we said, an aesthetic. There's a look to all of these things. We actually noticed them, or you did. I noticed them at my friend's house before we ever discovered them. And I was like, hey, that soap looks nice. Because oftentimes you you get soap at the store and it's like a bright green or a bright purple. And you just don't feel good about leaving it out. Or or a bright yellow. And it doesn't match your dish soap. And then it's like, do I put this under the sink? This is just ruining the whole look of the kitchen and the bathroom. But this this looks like... I don't want to say it's like the Apple store, but it's got like a clean, modern look to it. Very sleek and cool. You want to leave it out. It makes your your kitchen and bathroom look cool. It's like the future, but it's also the past. There's something mm-hmm. sort of like folksy <laughs> and, and natural about it, but it also looks sleek and white and clean and, and makes that... It's some, It's a, it, like Todd Glass has a bit about how you should keep your dish soap under the sink. Their dish soap looks nice. You could keep it above the sink. Mm-hmm. And the hand soap looks great by the sink. Uh, Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products like the hand soap that we love, like the dish soap that they love, coffee and the toilet paper that we love. Buy, rather than buying a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place for one beautiful, streamlined look. So this isn't just to tick boxes and get things that you need. It's to get things you need in a way that's going to look nicer mm-hmm. and sort of give a, a better look to your house, which we think is really cool. Knowing what's in your products and where they come from is important. So it's nice to know that Public Goods ethically sources and obsessively develops each of their products to be free 
of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They're committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment. They use a membership model, which we think is cool, to keep costs low and pass on even more savings to their customers. Best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. So join hundreds of thousands of others who have switched to their new everything store. Uh, We worked out a wonderful deal, an awesome deal for weirdos. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They're so confident. You'll absolutely love their products and come back again and again. They are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You got nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash weird or use code weird at checkout. That's P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash weird to receive $15 off your first order. All right, guys, enjoy. We made it weird live from our anniversary retreat. And now get into it. Boom. To, to catch to catch everybody up before we hit record, I was I was pinching Valerie's <laughs> elbow skin and she said My weenus. <laughs> That's what it's called. Your elbow skin's called your weenus? Yes. No, it's not. Yes. No a thing. Yes. No a thing. It is absolutely called your weenus. I can't believe that you didn't do that. Maybe we didn't know about it I thought in the eighties, but in when I was in middle school, that would be like, got your weenus. Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought weenus was just a hilarious way to say penis. I mean, like, it also weenus. is that. He hit me in my weenus. Like if someone came up to you and said he hit me in my weenus, you'd think penis. Yeah. We used to call like pup, our puppies penis a weenus because it was like a wee penis. <laughs> yeah, a wee penis. Yeah. I mean, am I crazy? I'm going to be so embarrassed if this isn't true. I'm going to Google it. How can it not be true? It was true in your community. I know. Well, that's true. At least was it was at least true at Winship Middle School in Humboldt County. Windship? Windship. Windship? No, it should be Windship. <laughs> I thought it was Windship until I went there, but it's W W I am. Oh my God, you're so good. We lost the mic for a second because I touched it. Thank you, microphone that you can't touch. Uh, that was so funny. Did you find weenus? Yep. It's, it's the actual term is olecranal skin. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Olecranal? Yeah. Because that cranal means noggin. I know. It's very confusing. Wait, but- it's the head of your arm. Because you could, like, if you were going to put two googly eyes and, like, a smile and, like, poke these up like a puppet show. (laughs) Yeah. But how you'd be positioned, you'd have to be on your back. You'd have to be on your back, which means your head would be poking out the front of the puppet setup. So your head would be there, and you'd be able to watch the show. You'd be down there, hey, what's going on, LB? I was just picturing, like, this man... Pitching it to, you know, like the boardroom of, I don't know how language was created, but I imagine it was just like a bunch of old white haired men being like, and what will we call this body part? And there's some guy that's like, I think, I think there's an argument for cranial because if you were making a puppet, oh my God, which, what part of your arm would be the head? Which one? If you, if it had to have a head. Oh my God. <laughs> 10 out of 10 hilarious at the word meeting. 
that was actually one of the first, well, I don't want to like force a spiritual thing, but it it was a a broadening of consciousness when Mm -hmm. I, in college, learned that Shakespeare made up a lot of words. Ah. Neologism. Mm -hmm. New, like logos. Mm -hmm. That's how I always remember that. Yeah. New logistics. Logo. Well, that would be words too. the same root. Same root. Yeah. I took Latin. You know, if you take Latin, you'll just do so well on your SATs. That's what they said. And I took Latin origins mostly because... played Assassin's Creed origins. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Very cool. Um, Mostly because... Of that reason, they were. Like, I was like, "Well, I'm not a good test taker. I'm not going to do what well." A stupid. Can I just say that's exactly what's wrong with education? Nobody got the kids. There should be a week before school mm-hmm. where you explain what school is and why. Yeah, it's like there's the kids are going in with no mission statement other than this is what we have to do. Yes. So and then we have these bullshit disgusting, boring, stale, dry reasons to learn Latin. I know. It's like, you'll do well on a test that'll help you get a job. Then you make your money and you go to Dave and Buster's. It's like, <laughs> could someone please with passion explain to me the beauty of Latin or the beauty? Well, that's of- what I was going to say. So I took it just because they said to do it for SATs. And I wish I could remember the name of the teacher because I only had her for one semester. Oh, God. I wish I could remember her name because she was an angel who was just like perfectly, maybe, perfectly placed in exactly like what she was meant to do in the world because she made Latin origins interesting to a bunch of 17-year-olds. And she had like long gray hair and she... Like there was rumors around, um, it was always kind of like, ask, ask her who she went on a date with once and she wouldn't (laughs) tell you unless you were in her class. And then it was, it wasn't even that cool, but we thought it was cool because we didn't know anybody who knew somebody famous, but it was Don Johnson. (laughs) She went on a date with Don Johnson. (laughs) Yep. Who's having a real reconnaissance right now. He is having a reconnaissance, but he wasn't then, but we all still kind of knew who he was. You're from Miami Vice. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Miami Vice, but my whole life I've been like, Miami Vice. Yes. Cool as hell. Yeah. That's the example of cool. That's the example of cool. Never seen it. Yeah. And then she tells the Dukes of Hazard in the mix there. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Dukes of Hazzard. No. I'm like, those good old boys are up to no good with Boss Hog and the car. Yes. I don't think I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was just handed to me. It's yes. like, hey, you're a boy. Do you have a weenus? <laughs> Do you have a weenus? If you have a weenus, you love these. I didn't like them. This is real. The times that I had seen clips or parts of episodes, I didn't like to... like. I have this line I'm doing on stage. I'm like, can you imagine driving a motorcycle, like riding a motorcycle mm. so loud, just like not giving a fuck, just blah, 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 blah. I'm like, <laughs> I turn my radio down for a toll. <laughs> when I pay a toll, that's what I say. And that's how I felt even about those 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 good old boy Dukes of Hazards. Yeah. I was jumping over bales of hay, causing car wrecks. They were riffraff. They were riffraff. Yeah. They were riffraff. But they are. I don't they want riffraff here to save the day. Yeah, I, I, it Unless is. Unless I need day saving. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, then I'll take <laughs> then anybody. I'll take anybody. <laughs> anybody I'll take a loud mouth. It. I'll take a close talker. I'll take someone with halitosis. <laughs> I'll take someone with a hook foot. Um, anyway. <laughs> hook foot. Hook foot. Not everybody got a peg leg. Some pirates got a hook foot. 
And then there yeah. That's like their foot is the shape of an elf's shoe. OMG. And then when they wore a shoe, they'd wear an elf's shoe. And it's like, oh, it's not Christmas. He's got a hook foot. Yeah, it's not Christmas unless he has the bell on it. <laughs> Oh my god. You like that one. You are breath <laughs> literally breathtaking. That took my breath away. It's not Christmas unless he has the bell on it. I hang out with the best of the best. You're so funny. I'm, I'm just, just trying to add validity to my compliment. That's so funny. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just rested. Oh. Turns out well, I still got it. I just am always sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So just to, to close close up some of these, uh, weenus is a slang word of for course. the excess. Nobody thought it was skin. the real word. <laughs> yeah. No doctor is going, well, I'm going to have a look at your weenus. And some... Is the, the, <laughs> no, no, no. Keep your pants on. The part of your elbow that looks like a head. <laughs> the, you know, think about it. If you were going to do a puppet show, <laughs> you'd lay on your back so your head would be outside of the puppet stand and you'd be able to watch it, but you'd do the little show. And you could see the show. And you could see the show. It would have to be a very short stage, though, because your, your elbows aren't going that high. <laughs> and you can see the show. Oh, my God. This is mania, but it's so funny. I have so many things to say. One of them, this is in reverse order of what I was waiting to say. But because this just, that just reminded me that my mom and I used to do skits for like, at church, they had the women's ministry and my mom was naturally in charge of the women's ministry. Because if you're the pastor's wife, that's what you're in charge of. Yeah, you're the first lady of the church. So she used to have to put on like teas and stuff. But what's teas? Teas. Like you would have like a women's tea. T shirt? No, no, no. A tea, a, like a So tea not a pink set. shirt? <laughs> not a pink shirt. Not a bright pink shirt. She wasn't says, selling merch. Oh, okay. She was putting on events. She was making beverages. And yes, and it was like, you know, a tea party basically for the women. But my mom, what's cool about her, I mean, she's a total dork in a very loving way. And what's cool about her is that she like, she couldn't if she wanted to like fit in with anything proper. Uh, but she also doesn't want to. <laughs> so we did at least once, maybe twice. We did, um, you know, the upside down where you make your chin, of course, yeah. the thing, you know, it's funny as I thought of your mom when I was like, you could the put elbows. Yeah. My mom elbows. would totally do your that. Mom would be like, I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. I did that. And it's a little character and you get to watch like her favorite <laughs> thing is there's a certain kind of, t- uh, flower and I don't remember what it's called, but snapdragons. Yeah, snapdragons, and sh- and you can squeeze them, and it makes it, them look like you know they're, yeah, talking. they're talking. And if my they're mom snapping. passes a snapdragon, she will do a whole puppet show for you. Wow! So anyway, we did like uh, you put the eyes on and the you know on whatever your on your chin, and then you you go upside down. And we sang anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. And for like this. Except come up with a more original idea. Neither of us. I'm JK. It's so, in like now when I think at the time I was happy to do it, my mom and I were like best buds and it was fun. There was maybe a phase in life where I would be really embarrassed that I ever did that. And now I'm back around to being like, that's endearing. If you saw that in a movie, like a mom and a daughter doing something dorky like that. Yeah. Be like, this is really cute. They're very close and they're, they're nerds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did think of your mom when I, that is your mom. Okay. So, and then also people also ask for the weenus. Why is it called a weenus? Huh. What is the back of the elbow called? How is weenus pronounced? Why does my elbow have extra skin? <laughs> 
why you can't figure out that when you bend it, it doesn't have extra skin? Yeah. Like in what state does your arm have extra skin? Yeah. Extended? I know. It's Julian, weird. This is like when Bill Nye said to me, that's right, my dear friend Bill Nye, <laughs> when he did this podcast, I was like, I, I've heard that hot water will freeze faster than cold water. Mm. And he just was like, do it. Mm. Do the experiment. Yeah. And enough people are going, why does my arm have extra skin without just the cursory inspection of like, let, let's look at it in its different states. Yes. If you bend it, it goes away, Jimmy. <laughs> the extra skin's not extra at all. <laughs> it's needed. It's needed, like an accordion. <laughs> like when you extend an accordion, it sure looks like it's, you know, that's its natural state. But when you push it in, it makes that beautiful noise. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, the, the, the Latin origins thing... Uh, so we would just do like day by day, every day we would create like at least 10 new flashcards with different Latin origins. Oh yeah. And I remember finding it very fascinating that it's like, we got this root from the Celts and it's, it's, you know, well, you can trace history through language. Yeah, exactly. And just realizing like so much of our reality is created by these somewhat like arbitrary building blocks and it was very eye-opening. And at the end, I don't remember why. I don't know if she connected it at all or if it was just something fun that you do at the end. But, but we, she brought Don Johnson in <laughs> and, and said, oh. tell him about the date. Oh, by the way, that was the cool thing. So she was like, she had long gray hair that she usually had up in like some sort of like messy clip. With chopsticks, 90s sticks. Very cool. She like wore cool overalls. She was like a very like I'm picturing awesome your friend Kate. woman. Yeah, like kind of like my friend Kate. And she she the story of her dating Don Johnson was that they went on one date. She thought he was super arrogant and then she broke up with him. You don't break up after one date. Well, she like to go, not ghosted him, but was like, thank you. And didn't like, thank you. Good night. Yeah. I will not be tubs to your Crockett. Why do I know that? I've I never don't seen know that. I Crockett don't know and that. tubs. Crockett that, and tubs. That, those are the Miami Vice yeah, he boys. Was Davy Crockett, I think. I'm just no. kidding. But his name was Crockett. <laughs> and no one said, isn't that a little like Davy Crockett? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Tubbs was the cool black guy, I believe. He was, I, I really can't picture him. Do you also get Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone mixed up? Aren't they the same? I don't know who Daniel Boone is. You don't know who Daniel Boone but is? But I would have accepted, do I mix up Davy Crockett and Paul Bunyan? Yep. Those three are if interchangeable. If you're wearing a coon cap or have a blue ox or have the last name Boone, yes. you're the same. You're the same. You're just a boring... Let's be like, honest. You're just a Johnny Appleseed ripoff. I think that's the and real one. Johnny Appleseed <laughs> is the last one. Can, look, can you imagine how boring the olden days were? That I someone know. was like, gather around and I'll tell you about Johnny Appleseed. He planted <laughs> apple seeds. And he'd be like, yeah. I, uh, I actually, it sounds really nice and simple and cozy where you're like, we don't have all of this stimulation to be like more and more and more. So we were like, any story, I love it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like we went to a pumpkin patch this week. With uh, we didn't bring Leela. Actually, we didn't think she'd be interested. No, we brought Lee to a, a pumpkin patch, 
and there was a band mm. and they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And one of, and everybody, I think from what I could tell, everybody was like sleeper hit of the pumpkin patch yeah. is this band. Fantastic band. Clearly the band was there to make the parents not complain. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a cynical way of putting it, but I mean like. It was sort of pricey. It was something for like, yeah. There were there was a lot of like gotchas at this pumpkin patch. Mm. Like there was a create your own pumpkin and it was ten tickets. So I just bought the unlimited ticket band for like thirty dollars mm-hmm. because I was like, Well, we're gonna do that and we're gonna do this other thing that's thirty, so it it's cheaper to do this. But then they're like, We don't accept the band and you're like, What what is going on? And then the and then the band would start playing and you'd be like <laughs> like you didn't care. Yeah. That's not, but they were so good. And the, and the best song they played, or well, the song that we all were, the Gungers were with us, we were loving was everything is peachy under the old apple tree. Oh my God. And I was I just like, that. that passed for like, nowadays we need, like you just showed me some TikTok or Instagram video of someone popping and locking and doing like a really cool dance. Yeah. And it was really cool. Mm-hmm. But back then... I like the way you put it. Things were so simple. Mm-hmm. Most of the time we're like washing clothes or like baking or something. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a lot of like trying to get the room lit, <laughs> trying to get the room warm, yes. trying to like get water, yeah. trying to get food in the house. Like the shed's going to freeze. There's a frost, all this basic stuff. The clouds, oh, it looks like it's going to be rainy tomorrow. Like Mm -hmm. let's bring in the yak, Mm -hmm. like all this stuff. Like it was beautiful and simple. So if I said everything's peachy under the old apple tree, you would laugh. Yeah. Like that would be like an elo. That would be as good as that video you just showed me because it's like, oh wait, it's peachy because we say things are peachy, but it's under an apple tree. Hold the phone. How do you think of that? That's so clever. Also, what's a phone? (laughs) But like they were playing it. Banjo, upright bass. You guys are all picturing it correctly. It's like an old timey. It was, but it was cool because it was kind of like an old timey. Bluegrass, and I think the word "timey" has an H in it, just to keep us in the same period. It's old thymy, <laughs> old thymy, uh, and old has an E. Um, <laughs> so just make sure everybody has the spelling right. No, no, yeah, T H I M E Y, yeah, yes. Old has an E. You just stepped in exactly what I find funny, especially in college. Like I thought ye old candy shoppy, S-H-O-P-E-E yes. was so funny. That's funny. Saltwater taffy at the old ye old, ye old candy, candy shoppy. Yeah, shoppy. Just a candy shop. Yep. But in New England, they'd be like, we also hand dip our candles. And you're like, this sucks. Give me milk duds. <laughs> That's that was so a kid. fun. Okay, yeah. keep going. Sorry. Um, I have, I'm just enjoying this moment where I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> You were talking about the Blank band. You were like, there's an upright oh, yeah. bass. So it was an old time, drum. like kind of bluegrass and swing band combo. Like, would you say that's right? Like, No. Oh, really? <laughs> I feel like there was like a banjo, but there was also like swing. Oh, you mean swing, like like the way blues can swing. Uh, yeah. See, swing as a genre <laughs> is like zoot suit rock. I know. I know, I know I you know. know no, I know you. I didn't think I was explaining that to you. Yeah. But then like jazz either swings or it doesn't. It's like a compliment. You pay jazz. I see. You go, oh, it was really swinging. That's and funny. it is this. It's like, do you yeah. want to like rock in a hammock to it? Well, I guess what I'm saying is I... I and they have, did swing. This band did swing. This band did swing. And... 
I guess what I mean is I have known old time bluegrass bands uh, because that's one of my favorite genres. And you can't do the Charleston to those songs that they are doing. This one was right. a little bit more like a, fluid. Like it was like Movement you wanted you would, to do the Charleston to this. Piece. I don't know what the Charleston is, but I'm. I'll do it for you right now. Here it comes. It ha- like the upright. If you if you join our Patreon, you can see this dance. Also, I'm just kidding. We don't have a Patreon. We don't have a Patreon. Um, also, what I mean too is just very simple. It had bluegrass instruments and horns. Right. Yeah, there was a there was a clarinet. <laughs> Here we go. Here it comes. Here's the Charleston. Wait. <laughs> Step on the cigarette. Okay, now kick it out. Kick it out. Put out the cigarette on the ground. Now wave away the bees. Wave away the bees. <laughs> yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, that was a great dance. You look great doing a Charleston. Oh, thank you. I would love to see more. Could you, <laughs> would you please, for the okay. remainder of the episode? The Charleston does seem like a dance bound by a pledge. Like if someone asks you to do it, you have to do it, and you have to do it as long as they ask. <laughs> Yes. Because it's so happy. It's a little mitzvah. It sure is. Um, but yes. Yeah, so this- You can't be unhappy listening to the band. Yeah. And, you know, but you were talking about the band. What are we? Oh, the, just the simplicity. I was just, the peachy. But then also to go back to what I was saying is that neologism, for anybody still dating and trying to impress their dates, you could be like, well, you know, Shakespeare, neologism. Yes. Or is it logism? It's logism. I don't know. Look it up. It doesn't matter. Don't worry. But here's the point of neologism. It's Shakespeare was just making up words. Yeah. And guess what? All of it is made up. Well, yeah. And that's that's liberating. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to... I just... The, Meet the, me the, and the, everything the, the, is nutty <laughs> under the walnut branch. <laughs> oh. That's really good. Well, you have, you're very good at making up fake old-timey songs because you have a bit of Everything about it. is nutty underneath my peanut buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really my favorite my favorite thing you do. Oh, wow. One of my... You do it so f- infrequently. I guess what I meant was it's my favorite bit that you my do. My favorite was... One more cigarette... Then we'll leave church. (laughs) So good. It's like the old times. You're in church, of course, but you're also smoking. And Uh, you're smoking in church. The one other thing I was going to say about language was an eat, pray, love. The other thing I was going to say about... (laughs) The other thing... One other thing I was going to say about... One of the other things I was going to say about... One of the other things I was going to say about language is... One of the other things I was going to say about language is eat, pray, love. (laughs) And eat, pray, love. Are you about to talk about Italian? Yeah. Fucking crazy synchronicity. Because there's that book... uh, We're in a hotel. There's a book... On the on the fucking uh, on the shim jam, uh-huh. I just kneel lodged. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna kneel lodge <laughs> Shakespeare when he's gonna. Um, <laughs> when there's he's gonna. a book called like Fusilli or something, Fusilli or something. Yeah, Fusilli is a type of pasta, and I know it is. And how dare you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not called Fusilli though. It's called oh. Fiolellini. Okay, or something like Fiolellini that. Fiolellini is a type of pasta. <laughs> It's like Eskimos have, These guys have 92 ten. words for snow. Yeah, They're like, exactly. we're like that with pasta. Yeah. And Val, this is yesterday. I was sitting there looking at that book. Maybe you were taking a dump or something. I don't <laughs> okay, take dumps. Okay. I've never dumped in my life. <laughs> um, and I sat there thinking about Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. And how she's like, I actually, and I, I really love Elizabeth Gilbert. I think she's great. I think that's a great book. But if you're not feeling enthusiastic and a seven is trying to make you enthusiastic, mm. it can actually annoy me. Mm. And that part of the book, just the mood I was in rubbed me the wrong way. And when someone's like, Italian, the way they call it, they don't call it a table, they call it a, a tuna la quanda. <laughs> and I'm like, shut the fuck up. You sound like 
You sound like a pipe organ or something. It, just, it sounded too musical. Like what mm-hmm. she was liking about it, I, di- I do like it. Mm-hmm. But I, was, I spent a long time kind of being quietly and secretly grumpy about how Elizabeth Gilbert, and really, I'm going to admit this, it's because I was jealous. That whole book, I was jealous. Yeah. She was having spiritual epiphanies. I'm like, I want that. She's eating delicious pasta and, and hearing music language. I'm stuck here with someone going like, where is there an ATM? Where is an ATM? And she's got like... And I'm like, that whole book was someone explaining a trip to me. Mm, And I'm like, and you were jealous. I don't care. I'd like to just go there. (laughs) Well, I hope she doesn't listen. No, Um, it's not that I don't care. It just made me very angry. But, um, (laughs) but you, you, well, her argument, I can't believe you're talking about it. Are you feeling the sink? Yeah. Chrinis? Uh huh. Itty? Yep. Um, got any more interjections? There's oh, <laughs> the word over. I'll do the Charleston. Uh, yes, please do the Charleston. Um, she talks about how a lo- I, I'm going to get this kind of wrong, but a lot of other languages were just sort of accumulated over time. Mm. And Italy did have like a boardroom because it was like they had accumulated from I different regions yeah. and they, and it started to get all muddled. I'm, I might be getting this wrong. And then they had like a council that was like, let's pick the best words right. for, so I think I did get that Should wrong. Should it be manja or mongo? Yeah. Manja. Maybe it was like a new region. <laughs> one, one guy was... in the back, mongo. mongo. No, it's not going to be mongo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I got the origins of that, right? Like maybe they were creating a new region or something and they're like, we'll have our own language, but it was like handpicked based on what was pleasing to the ear. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's crazy is logic. Neologism. It's like New Mexico. Uh, new Mexico is the only city or state that decided to have an aesthetic. Yeah. But they were like, you can't have two-story buildings. You can't do this. So they got to be this color. They have to be this style mm-hmm. way ahead of anybody. Like yeah. If, if Richard Rohr was here, he would be able to tell us. He gave such a beautiful tour mm. of uh, all the parts of New Mexico we went to. And that was one of the things he told me. Is that like they went at it deliberate. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I love an intentional aesthetic. Well, that, I always say this. That's, Chicago, too, has so much going for it because it burned down. Ah, and they got to start over. And they got to start over. Oh, that's like a, that's like our song. Yeah. Weird. That's what I was thinking. Really? Build it better. You always, it's build it better by Aaron Wright. It's a great song. And it's in our wedding video, which we'll watch tomorrow because it's our anniversary tomorrow. And it's our anniversary week. That's why we're in a hotel, baby. And that's why we sound so clear and rested. And like, so we've had two full nights of rest today. Couple observations. We've had two full nights of rest today. Oh my God. (laughs) Today, you are hearing the effects of two full nights of rest, (laughs) is what I meant. Uh, Oh my God, you've humiliated me again. (laughs) So the first night, there's something really weird when you have a baby. You don't trust it. I said this to you at Mm. breakfast today, but I was like, Wait, I just get in the bed now? Yeah, it's that easy. And the headline again in my life just for these two days is, how is Pete going to sleep? Yeah. Like, here's something I'll say encouraging to people that maybe want to have kids at some point or people that do, maybe I don't know, but uh, if it'll be encouraging to them, is I can't believe how sleep was the thing. Mm-hmm. You know how we have so many things on this podcast that we talk about 
meditation, gratitude lists, Wim Hof breathing, diet, adaptogens, uh, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. nootropics, all these things. Mm-hmm. The only thing in my life for so long was, did you get enough sleep? Yeah. The whole day was determined. Every interaction, I'd be like, I'm feeling great because I had all that good sleep or I'm not feeling so great. I need a nap or I need some, I had no, I had no recourse. Yes. And there was no, I like the Apollo, I'm wearing the Apollo and I couldn't turn the Apollo on or I couldn't do some breathing exercise. I was, it was all sleep. Yeah. And to think, to tell that Pete, like now it doesn't matter. I've had days where I go, I do a podcast and then I go on James Corden. Mm-hmm. In the same day. And that night I'll have gotten six hours of sleep. Yeah. And it is not even a consideration. Yeah. You it, get used to it. You get used to it. Yeah. I actually think that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I went from like a sleep enthusiast mm-hmm. to just like sometime, and it's never steady. It's mm-hmm. six interrupted hours. Yeah. And you get up and you're, in my case, on that special day, and most of my days aren't like that, but you're like on TV and doing fine and mm-hmm. doing a podcast and doing fine. And uh, it's just remarkable. I yeah. Think. Well, it's kind of like that study I was telling you about yesterday about the they tested the effects of happiness or, or different oh, uh, yeah. signposts of wellness and happiness. Tell the people. <laughs> I'm trying to. Tell them. <laughs> you keep interrupting to be like, no, tell go them. ahead. Tell them. them. Tell Um, so they tested two different groups of people, um, people with kids and people without kids on the markers of happiness. So that could be like, you know, digestion, um, which by the way, this is a whole subject. Yes. Meaning these are how, this is how you can, how science can measure happiness. Yeah. Because like your body, when it's happy Mm -hmm. and it's not aroused in the stress way. It's not aroused by stress. We can measure your sleep, Mm -hmm. your digestion, uh, your energy level, all these different things, your skin, your hair, your teeth, all these things. I'm making some of those up, but I'm just saying a healthy body, a happy body produces different levels of of stuff. Yes, exactly. I found that fascinating. Yeah. And so they, and, and then, and I think one of them is like how well you sleep and um, and you know, if, how regularly you exercise different things like that, uh, and make of the poo poo and, and how you make of the poo poo. Um, um what do, what the word should we have a for poo poo? <laughs> I like poo poo. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> um, and so they tested and then one of the other, so they, they tested those things and, how you reported to the, you know, how you answered the question, are you happy so like most of the time? Or objectively, whatever. what is the data on what the results of happiness are, yes. but also what mm-hmm. does the individual think is their experience? Yes. What is your subjective understanding of your own happiness levels? And they tested people with kids and people without kids and the people with kids like failed <laughs> on a lot of the objective yeah. markers but reported to be happier. Yeah. This guy was blind for one third of the survey. <laughs> he just lost his, it came back, but he's, he said something about a crayon. He was panicking. And it just is like scientific proof of what our experience of, of, um, parenting has been, which is you're under a love spell. Well, you didn't, you didn't say the other part. They failed. Did you? Yeah, they failed, but they reported to be happier. Okay, I didn't know you said this. And then the, uh, you know, I think the other 
you the group other group was had the markers of being happy but didn't re- uh, report to be as they happy. were sleeping better they were digesting better they were pooping better they blah 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 but some of them this is that was my experience i know dax shepherd already said this and it's something that we think about all the time is a baby that's why it felt so weird to just get in the bed and be like Wait, even not getting Brody, I was like, shouldn't we get, where's Brody? Like, yeah. And where's the baby? Who's going to get the baby? And shouldn't we? Blah, blah, blah. It was so weird. And what a better expression of weird was like, I got in bed and I was like, I'm, I don't miss being just the focus. By the way, that's not just for people with kids. I, yeah, I want to be clear. It's not where, uh, like, I'm not saying with that study that like you're the only way to be happier is to have kids or if you don't have have kids, you're missing out on something to have something outside of yourself. I was going to say, even when I had projects, yes. Um, shows different things. Mm -hmm. That is one of the weird things about the human animal is, and we've been talking about this a lot. It was on the live episode this week. It's just like, we think we want to avoid, uh, pain and increase pleasure. Mm -hmm. But we were talking about last night, like, look at the best decades, Mm -hmm. the fifties or the sixties, but world war two greatest generation. Mm -hmm. And then the sixties, these were times, both of those periods, people thought the world might end at any minute. Like a lot of what was going on, I think in the sixties was a feeling of like instability. Mm -hmm. Like you don't get like free love without a fear of like, everything's falling apart. Yes. Our friends are being drafted. People, there's an unjust war and there's the, and and, racism and, and racism. Those, yeah. And earlier in the, uh, I think it was the early seventies. Yeah. The Cuban missile crisis. I'm going to yeah. be, and, and the death of Marilyn Monroe, all the things that are fun on Mad Men. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is having something outside of you that is not only meaning making, but also a a, a controllable level of suffering Mm -hmm. is good. Yeah. That's what kids are. Yeah. Suffering, obviously I always use Richard Roy's definition, which is when you are not in control, Mm -hmm. it turns out, Mm -hmm. and this has taken me so long to figure out, you go into the spice room of life mm-hmm. and you're just getting sugar. This is the early years of your life. Mm-hmm. You're just getting sugar. You're just getting honey. You just want things that smell like flowers and, and, you're, and you think that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. But like the wise person goes in and they know the sour. You want some of the sour mm-hmm. to offset the sweet. Mm-hmm. You even want some of this grit. You want some of this dark. You want want some of this like clay. You can't even really eat it. You just smear it around and spit it out. That's life. And I think we're being sold a really stupid bullshit narrative, Mm -hmm. which is like, uh, drink Coca-Cola, watch movies, Mm -hmm. play video games, uh, make money, money, make money, money, money. (laughs) And it's like, nah, dude. Yeah. That's not the going to have, that's not that's one dimensional. That's not going to have the richness and the multi dimensions of absolutely. Life, of just nature. like just like a meal. Mm-hmm. Like why is Thai food so good? Because it's sweet and spicy at the same time. Well, I, that's what you want I your life to be. You're saying that. Oh, go ahead. I did just want to say. I hope I don't lose it. It's okay. Um, it's okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I think I made the point. I can't believe you're saying that because I I thought maybe we talked about this, but I guess we didn't. But I was thinking about. How I do, like, I really love, I mean, this is, this is being like, I love music, but like, I really, really love good food and kind of like fancy food if you, if, if I can have yeah. that every once in a while. Yeah. And that's like, if you go to a, you know, a Michelin star restaurant or something, 
that's what you're going to get. You're going to like bite into something that's first of all, very small mm-hmm. <laughs> and prepared in like a beautiful way. It's art. Yeah. Don't come hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and grab a meal and then come to the Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> but it's, it, it, that even that is like, it's meant to be, it's like poetry a, appreciated. Like, I'm going to slow and, you down. Yes. I'm not just going to say, let's go to the barn and find a, our way to the candles. It's yeah. Like, I'm going to give you a go. platter of chili and you're going to devour it and only taste the first few bites. Like this right. is insisting that you taste everything. And the flavors are like you put black pepper on a pistachio dessert. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like flavors you never would have thought of that are like telling the whole picture. And that's what beautiful art does too. That's what great movies, great songs, great poetry. It's going to give you a taste of the whole picture. Who's throwing on a movie where nothing happens and nothing goes wrong Mm -hmm. and nothing is experienced. I mean, I I guess there's some, there's time for, I guess that's what silly comedies can be. Mm -hmm. Like when we watch Step Brothers, which we do probably once a year. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know. I've said this before. I think there's a deeper meaning to Step Brothers, and it's about maintaining your childish heart. Mm, so I, yeah. I think even when it, it's masquerading as like, this isn't art. This is just Will Ferrell putting his nuts on a drum set. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't like it if there wasn't something that said, hey, stay like a child. Yeah. Like stay in love with reality. Mm-hmm. Stay playful and stay mischievous mm-hmm. and connect. Don't put on the suit and work in the khaki workplace. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you work. That's a mindset. Like don't become like a automaton or whatever. Yeah. So I, I don't think Step Brothers would be popular if there wasn't some truth to it. Mm-hmm. And this is what all mythology is. Mythology uh, is true in that it represents the way, this is what Alexander Shia said to me on this podcast. He was like, Myths are true in that they report accurately the way in which energy moves in the universe. Mm-hmm, perfect. Which, right? So that's how it's true. That's what we mean when we say it's truer than are the facts of the story true. Mm-hmm. It's true because we know that that's... That's why I just did Brett Goldstein's podcast and I was talking about There Will Be Blood. And one of the reasons I like it is there's so many movies that show violent and greedy and power-hungry characters mm-hmm. that just win. And there will be blood. It's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. It shows how those things kill you. Yeah. And and cinnamon almost very rarely does that because it's way better to just have the super friends mm-hmm. in in the Marvel movie just win, you know, mm-hmm. or or you know those movies are good. I don't mean to put them down, but like yeah. it's it's harder to watch Daniel Plainview alone murdering. And I don't know how he did that. He must have not slept for three days mm. to look that thin and gaunt. I bet he did. I, I bet, bet he, he did. Knowing, committed to knowing Daniel. <laughs> but that it's funny. I wanted to say this on this podcast. I'm reading Order, Disorder, Reorder. It's called The Wisdom Pattern, actually, by Richard Rohr. And it's about exactly this. Spoiler, it, that's the wisdom pattern. <laughs> it's on the cover. <laughs> Is that how does energy move in the world? You are a part of this universe. Mm-hmm. So when you look at how trees work and how the cosmos works and how water works or whatever it is, it's really nice to remember you are also a part of that. You're not like, you're not the scientist just observing that. Mm-hmm. You are that. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to re- recognize what do those patterns say about me? Yeah. Um, and he says a great definition of evil in the book that really has stuck with me. And I'm paraphrasing, but he says, a good definition of evil is anything that lies about the fundamental nature mm. of reality. Mm-hmm. 
and he doesn't, I don't think he's finger wagging at Instagram or anything, but remember, I love the book Four arguments for the elimination of television Mm -hmm. and his gerrymander in that book. I know his name is gerrymander (laughs) makes the point that, uh, the medium itself is a lie mm. that it's telling you that that life is experienced in in like like that mm-hmm. and i love when alan watts gives these lectures and he's like reality is like a gong it's like and it's so much nicer to remember that what you are the toast you you listening you val are spread on it's like that. It's like a spreading. Mm-hmm. It's not like a ding, ding, ding. It's not connecting phone lines mm-hmm. in a fifties call center. That's not reality. Mm-hmm. And that's what scrolling through Instagram kind of tells you. Mm-hmm. And TV can tell you. And a lot of things can lie to you. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying evil like devil and evil. It's just not the best nutrition to to say to your system and your body, yes, reality can be just snapshots. Yeah. Just someone looking out the window at the rain, scroll a sandwich, scroll a bikini, scroll a car. Like yeah. that is a lie. Yeah. Reality is a slow walk around Walden Bond. Mm. And the weird, if you practice paying attention to what's going on in your body, I trust you. It's as interesting as an Instagram feed to go like, why did I just dread? Oh, like a feeling of uh, pride for my father. Mm. When he was a young man, mm-hmm. what? There's so much going on. Mm. I sound like an old person, but like on the inner internet, like that's true. Yeah. That's so true. That's and it's true. It is it's not. It's not what we want reality to be, which is like unlike scroll past, go past in uh, colors. Oh, simulation. It's yeah. like so much more like instead of ding ding ding. And so much of reality is making, or so much of modern reality is going, no, it's ding, 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 ding. And so much of spirituality is like, (laughs) that's, that's what you are and what you're a part of is a, (laughs) it's not. Ding, ding, Amazon.com, do, do, AT&T, do, do, mm. get some money, do, do, drink some tea, do, do. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's so much more like, I don't know, caramel pouring out of a glass pitcher. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just meditating and brag and brag and like the, the traditions that from which I have learned how to meditate are not like the Zen tradition where it's like you can't move a muscle. It's much more like, you know, if you feel the urge to move, get, kind of get curious about it, and then go ahead and mindfully move. That's you know? why I won't do those Vipassana things where they're where like, you, like, you have you to sit. I'm move. like, no. Yeah. I'm meditating for hours. I stretch my legs out when I want to stretch my legs out. Yeah. Because I didn't get into this. It feels so much like... Prove to God, prove to God that you, do you really want it? Yeah. Then suffer for it, piggy. Like, yeah, all I'm thinking about is my legs are falling asleep. Can I stretch them out? Yes. Which just a couple things about that. Vipassana, there are different types of silent meditation. Uh, I don't, Vipassana is pretty strict. There's one that's called like 
go on. I might be getting that wrong. That's the strictest. That's the Zen kind. And then there's insight, which is the more like Jack Kornfield, Tara Brock. And that's way more lenient about it. Uh, So you can find silent meditations, but that's the, that's why Vipassanas are not great for people with trauma because you need to be able to move your body and, and like kind of do whatever your body is asking for. Um, and what I was going to say about that was, oh, actually the opposite though. So I was being really still and just my body was comfortable. So I was able to be really still. And I just felt like kind of that wah, wah, wah in my body, yeah. which could have been just the coffee that I had had like coursing through my <laughs> body. It's interesting. It's still your body though. Yeah. It was cool. It doesn't matter. I mean, it wasn't occasioned by the meditation necessarily, but like, yeah, but I was being mindful of how my body was receiving something and yeah. that's all I'm interested in really. Just like that. I said occasioned. Yeah, that was nice. Um, and, and then like, I really did feel like the still, and this is the point behind Zen and and the traditions that are really strict about being still, is that I, from what I understand, is it's the same thing. Is it's like the essence of the universe, the nature of the universe is stillness and silence. That's right. So if you're silent, you're reflecting and merging with the essence of the universe, and if you're completely still, you are too. And that this was like. Not the first time, but the first time in a long time that being completely still was feeling so right. And I was really receiving that. Like I was like, oh yeah, it's stillness. Mm-hmm. It's stillness. Like you go into space and it's still and silent, you mm-hmm. know, like. Well, there you go. The wisdom pattern. It's yeah. like, look at what, what happens. Also about the wisdom pattern. Uh, I just started reading the, like in this hotel, there was an, a book on Ayurveda and I've been meaning to look into it. So get ready to hear a lot about Ayurveda for the next coming weeks. I mean, please. I've loved everything you told me about it. It's so fascinating and it's pretty like seemingly bottomless. Like it's one of those things where I think you can devote your life to studying it Mm because it's not just like what you eat. It's like a whole philosophy of how you live and understand reality. But one of the little pieces of it was um, that with each season, there's a cycle of accumulation, Mm -hmm. which is, I think I'm going to get them wrong. They, they're, they correlate with the three doshas. Yeah. So it's accumulation, which I think correlates with Vata somehow. And the the doshas are the three ways of being. Yeah. The, no, the doshas are the elements. I am so embarrassed. (laughs) No, but I thought you said your dosha is. Yes, it's the elements, and your dosha is like the one that you uh, have the most of. I hear that. I'm just I don't most I didn't know anything about it, so I'm yeah. looking for some more plain language. Yeah, let's forget the doshas. So it sounds delicious, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, so there's a pattern within each season of accumulation, then getting really restless about the clutter. Mm-hmm. And then purging and restabilizing. That's the whole thing. Isn't that incredible? And that's Ayurveda. So that's wow. a different tradition. Yeah. But they've figured out. And, and I was like, that is so. So you can look at that even in terms of your house. Like, I feel like that's something that we do. We accumulate things and then we get to. We have well, like. I a, think everyone can. Like spring cleaning. Like. Yeah. But but we just. I, it, for me, it really cycles more frequently than once a year. It's like. 
I, the house gets to a state where I'm like, oh my God, there's so much clutter. And then it still takes me a little while and then I'll purge it ideally and I'll feel so good. But then if I don't purge, then it gets kind of extra accumulative and it gets more and more upsetting. That's really funny. Upsetting. Like, picture, picture, um, <laughs> again, to that image of someone who's just trying to avoid pain, mm-hmm. like picture their house. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, if I wanted to make a, a visualization, like a visual representation of that, yeah. it's, and I know this is dated, but it's walls of DVDs, like a yeah. huge library of DVDs, like reclining black leather, mm-hmm. vibrating sofa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we know though, we know that like, it's not, it's, we're not, we don't come out of the womb to just build another womb. Yeah. It's both. And yeah. I think that's our fascination with athletes is we're just like, look at how much suffering these multimillionaires, they don't have to be doing it, but they seem to understand. I think a lot of them do just want the money, but the deeper people are like, this is what I do. I'm a basketball player. I'm a baseball player. And I understand what the game is teaching me, mm-hmm. which is like either, cause I was going to, this is what I was going to say earlier. You taught me that people mistranslate the first noble truth of Buddhism as life is suffering. You and Mirabai and other people have taught me that it's, there is suffering in life. Mm -hmm. Life, life involves suffering. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful. That's disputed among different traditions. Well, that probably leads to quite a bit of suffering. Yeah. Boom. (laughs) But what I'm seeing with sports, with comedy to a certain extent, with a number of ways, science, academia, creativity, friendships, complicated friendships, complicated relationships. Mm -hmm. Like the wise human knows that the universe is going to give it suffering. So you might as well get in line for the kind of suffering you would like. Yeah. And I know that there's like grotesque and unspeakable suffering. I'm talking about those everyday sufferings. And there's something Mm -hmm. wise about being like, I'm going to plant a garden and that's going to be frustrating to me when the bugs eat the mm. fruit and the fox takes the whatever. I know foxes eat meat, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like you're going to get it no matter what. So it does seem to be one of those things that's taken me a while to figure out, which is like, like I said on the live podcast, addiction narrows what gives you pleasure mm-hmm. and a, a life well lived broadens what gives you pleasure. Uh-huh. And we're getting to the point where like someone like Malcolm Gladwell, who's doing the podcast tomorrow, we're recording it tomorrow. That's a dude that's figured out the pleasure of the pain of writing a book. Yes. Dude doesn't have to write any more books. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree with that, but I kind of would amend amend a little bit where I think you don't have to look for suffering in life. It will find you and you will learn those lessons. Um, but what that does, where you choose the suffering of writing a book, for example, is that gives you a really great reference point for when some uncontrollable suffering oh, comes. I love that. Where you're like, this, I've done this, I've practiced over and over. That's what it is. The feeling of this is uncomfortable and I'm staying with it. Now you're killing it. And that's also what, thank you, that's also what the sitting practice is. That's That's what meditation is too. It's like... Most people, the first time they start with mindfulness, just like the basic instruction of uh, notice, you know, focus your attention on your breath or some sort of anchor. When your mind wanders, you return back to the breath. 
the first thing people realize is like, oh my God, my mind is insane. Yeah, yeah. It's chaotic. and It's 90s poly, sure. Yes. And then you just kind of learn to stay with that and not place judgment on it. And then your feelings come up and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. And you learn to just stay with that and not put judgment on it. Yeah. And even when I'm writing, like there are moments when it feels great, but there are maybe more moments when it kind of gets excruciating Mm. where I'm just like, oh, I like, I will, this is like itching my brain and I want to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And the moments when I can, usually I get up, I'll like foam roll or something, maybe take a walk, but returning back and staying with it. And that practice of like, I won't be scared away from this because I know this is the nature of life. That's, that's what it's, you just said it's so much more round and beautiful and loving and inclusive I'm not putting down how I said it, but I love how you said it. Mm. And when I'm thinking about the womb apartment, and by the way, some of my favorite people have like womb lifestyles and, and they find their, their balance in other ways. So I'm mm. not saying like, if you have a black leather recliner that vibrates in a wall of DVDs, you're definitely like fucking head in the sand, dude. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because our our house is pretty cozy. There's also seasons, and Ayurveda, season, there's yeah. seasons for womb-like behavior. But there is something, I said head in the sand because I, th- I think that's what you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the big things in life is to own and to prepare for the idea that you're going to have to let go of everything. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, in, that's in the wisdom pattern. Mm-hmm. There's like a death and there's a rebirth and all that sort of stuff. So we know that happened and we know that suffering happens. So it does just seem... Not only wise, it just seems straight up practical to go like, so I'm going to engage in relationships, Mm -hmm. friends, work relationships, whatever it might be, romantic relationships, and I'm going to use my life as the curriculum to teach me the great truths and mysteries of the world, which is change is a reality, make friends with change, this Mm -hmm. too shall pass, Mm -hmm. everything is temporary, whatever it might be. Uh, death, all these little deaths. Yeah. We were talking about little deaths. And again, I was talking to somebody that I knew a very, very long time ago. And I just got the impression that they wanted to be friends with that version of me again. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking after you and I talked about it, I was like, that dude's dead. Yeah. 20 year ago, Pete is dead. And then I, I don't know if I said this on the pod already, but I pointed to a picture of our wedding and I was like four years ago, go that Pete's dead. Yeah. It's not to say that there aren't carryovers, yeah. but like even cellularly, everybody probably knew I was going to say this. We're reborn every seven years. Yeah. I believe it's every nine years. Every atom in your body is replaced. That's every atom. Every mm-hmm. cell is every seven years. So you literally are constantly changing. Yeah. And that is a beautiful practice. I think that's mm-hmm. a, a good benchmark to go like, Again, that Jay-Z quote, he goes, people say you've changed. He goes, hell yeah, I've changed. I didn't do all that work to stay the same. Mm. And and I, I have beautiful friends, and you, of course, too, Val, that are embracing the nature of reality, which is change. change. And they learn to roll with it. And it's almost like being in the ocean and there's a current going this way. Mm. And instead of resisting it, they find something that they want that's pulling, that's also in the direction they're being pulled. Yes. Well, this is Ayurveda. It's so, I can't believe I haven't made the connection of like the wisdom pattern and, 
and everything you just said, because it's, this is what I love about it is that it's like everything in nature moves in cycles mm. and is the always. Wave of Bobby Brown is just ample like Michael. Is that a thing? It's a lyric. Keep going. Tribe called Quest. Oh, cool. I said, well, daddy, don't you know that things go in cycles? That's wow. the line. Yeah. Um, well, he must be in Ayurveda. Um. <laughs> Q-tip? Uh, <laughs> But it's, everything in life is cyclical and it's always changing. And you, it's that real feeling of like, you belong here. It's like, you are a part of nature. Look out your window at this tree that's always changing in these patterns. Right. You're no different than that. Right. And so it's... Oh my God, Val, I have a good tree thing. Keep going. But it's just a beautiful way because it also is a, a myth buster in the sense of the myth of you go through suffering. And I mentioned this in our podcast with Mirabai, which you guys will love and you'll hear soon, but I really fall for, have fallen for the myth of like suffering is just something that you bear through and you, you just get through it so that at the end you can have the cookie and then like you'll, everything will be okay. And that just hasn't been working for me. Mm. And that's because there it's not linear like that. It's cyclical. It's like you'll have your summer and your time of expansion where you are you need to be getting out there and experiencing life and and seeing friends and all of that. And then you'll have your your winter where you should be in a womb and you need to be that's thinking right. and like that that's not a flaw in the system that is the system. And why are and you're we a part working? of that system? Yeah. And like the idea of like buying a watermelon in winter is both literally true and a perfect metaphor for how we've gotten out of sync with the nature of everything. That's right. And then we forget that we belong here. Our bodies have all these random symptoms. And because you're eating tomatoes year round. Yes. And your, your gut isn't making the right amount of serotonin. So then we have seasonal defective disorder, you know, like all these different things. It's just another way of saying you're not a stranger here. You didn't come into the world. You came out of the world like an apple on a tree. You grew out of the system. Yeah. That's what's so exciting about these. I'm so glad you're telling us about this. Yeah. I mean, I need, I have a lot more to learn. I've only started reading about it in the last two days. But well, we can get a good air. I, I, one of the Ayurveda. reasons I don't get into it is I can't say it. Ayurveda. I, Ayur. Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Yeah. I think of how it's spelled with that A. Get that, get that A out of here. Think of like A-Y is the first letter. So Ayurveda. it's like I. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking about, cause we're in this beautiful, we're in Ohio and we're enjoying it and we're looking at trees and trees just speak to us. And I think trees speak to all of us, you know, at least on some level. Yeah. And what is a tree except life itself. Meaning Mm. I, I, I'm not even going to get into all the metaphors that are in trees, like that it's rooted to the earth. That's a good one. I'm just talking about how it's reaching up Mm. to life, to Mm. light, to the thing that feeds it and grows it. And it will do anything to like find that light. It'll bend. And then it's like, picture a scary tree. It's probably a dark tree. It's probably like a twisted tree. Mm -hmm. It's probably a tree that couldn't find life. So you're not actually afraid of that tree and you don't actually love these trees. You do. But what you love is life. Yeah. And, and that's, Mm. and, and they're vulnerable. This is what I'm saying. Like the, the cocoon of avoidance that doesn't work. Mm. Uh, the tree isn't doing the cocoon of avoidance. The tree doesn't know any of this, but the tree could be, uh, plagued by bugs 
by animals, uh, by humans, certainly by the earth. There could be no rain, but there it is. Mm. It's like, try to get a tree to put its arms down. Yeah. It's not going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Every day. It doesn't matter if yesterday it was a drought and someone cut off part of it. The next day it's still reaching up to its source and trusting. You see trust, you see an awareness of how it is. And then when it dies, Mm-hmm. It seeds drop down and grows again. And there it is again. The I'm, next generation of the tree. We, this doesn't have to be literally true. It's just energetically true. Meaning I don't want us to become those parents that are like, that's what kids are. That's actually not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying life moves forward. Yeah. Life will be okay. Life will always be okay. And here comes the good news. You are actually life and you forgot and you think you're Dan or Diane mm-hmm. or Jennifer, mm-hmm. but you're actually life. And life will always be okay. Yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, if we're just going for, you know, at the risk of being sounding cliche, there is, it, the tr- trees are like the ocean where the metaphors for life are endless and yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the tree reaches up, but the roots are just as important. It can only reach up because it's rooted down. Mm -hmm. So that's very, that's been very helpful for me when in my spiritual practice, there was a season of only wanting like non-dualism and oneness and uh, transcendence and all these things. Let's get out of here. Yes. And if you don't have a rooted in the body, mindfulness, tangible, this reality practice, then that, that is impossible. And it's reaching for life down too. Yeah. And it's working in community under the ground, which is fantastic. And then my other favorite tree metaphor I got from Jennifer, my wonderful therapist, which is that the trees, I don't know if it was like they made, I think they made a biodome. You know, yeah, that documentary. Bio, yeah. <laughs> I watched it. Uh, Spaceship Earth. I think yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and those trees died because they didn't have wind. Mm. And that's where we learned that trees need wind so that their branches can become flexible. So the strength of trees is not... It comes from flexibility, not from like sturdiness, wow. like a rock. And that, and we're back to my image of the black leather recliner and the walls yeah. of DVDs yeah. is like, you're not getting your wind. You need wind. You, you have wind. to, and, and that being adaptable and flexible and moving, like changing with the seasons, like rolling with whatever happens again, there, there's like sometimes, for example, here's a good example. Um, you, you sometimes travel for your job. I have uh, trauma around being left alone. Um, and sometimes I'm up for being like, I'm going to resource and I'm going to stay by myself and I'm going to work through this. And then maybe two weeks later you go and I'm all of a sudden not feeling ready to do that. Mm -hmm. There's strength in that flexibility. Mm -hmm. It's not a linear thing where like, well, I did it last time. I, I thought I was through this. I should Mm -hmm. be able to do it now. Mm -hmm. That's rigidity. And that's going to break break my branches. Yeah. Yeah. Be your bees. Be your bees. I also, we're running out of time because we have to check out of the, out of the hotel and go get Leela from school, which is going to be so fun. I know. Um, but I did want to say that was so beautiful. Mm. This like to me. So, and this is part of Ayurveda. (laughs) Ayurveda as well as breath work. And I just want to say real quick here at the end, a practical 
two practical tips. I wrote them down. One is adaptogens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been just there's something called Clever C L E V R, and they make these different lattes. I actually like their powdered lattes. They're not a sponsor. This isn't an ad. I, I get the turmeric one because it's decaf. Uh, they also make other kinds, but they have adaptogens in it. I don't know what's going on with adaptogens. I got to give it a goog. Mm. But it's like filling a void in my brain yeah. in terms of like. And by the way, there are other products that have adaptogens. Magic Mind, which I am mm-hmm. obsessed with and love, and also not a sponsor. PYM Choose. PYM Choose, which I'm also obsessed with and love, also not a sponsor. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying these these things all have adaptogens. They seem to be. Uh, in the, we're starting to figure it out. They're very in vogue right now, but I wanted to give that tip. Uh, those, so try to get some adaptogens in your life, especially if, um, I don't know if you're just in a bit of a rut. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I really didn't feel like doing this podcast today. Mm. Not in a, not in a bad way. We slept in and something about sleeping in kind of wound my clock backwards. Like Mm. it made me sort of groggy and tired. Mm -hmm. And I'm always talking about Wim Hof. And I do Wim Hof breathing, and I just really, really quickly want to describe what I mean by Wim Hof breathing in case anybody wants to try it. Um, so if you, none of this is mine. It belongs to Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F-F. But real, real quick, you lay down, you put your hand on your belly, you put your hand on your chest. And what's really important, because you can go on YouTube, this is what I was doing for a really long time, mm-hmm. and just breathe with the bubble, and, and there's a free guided Wim Hof breathing. And there's a great app. And there's a great app, which is also free and great. But I, I had to do a bit of digging to get someone to really explain to me, him, in other interviews, other podcasts and stuff, to really explain how to breathe. And I think that's super important. So the hand, this is my technique, is you put a hand on your belly and you put a hand on your chest. And you want to kind of, and you're breathing through the mouth. So, And when you breathe in, you want to kind of wind tunnel it and feel it. Mm-hmm. So don't just go like... <gasps> Like that, you kind of want to give it a little, um, a little tension in the mouth, so you're sucking in the air. Mm-hmm. And you, the reason you have your hand on your belly and the hand on your chest is you want to feel your belly rise first, round mm-hmm. like a Buddha belly, round. Then you want to feel your chest rise and expand and spread and fill with air, and that's super important. So it sounds like this is like, <sighs> right? Mm-hmm. And and you know that you're getting that like that good deep breath because you feel it in your teeth first. It's like mm-hmm. a. <sighs> Like that. Mm-hmm. And your belly goes up and your chest goes up. He says to even imagine the air going up into your head. Um, I kind of do that. But if I'm getting my belly and my chest, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Just round and full of air. Mm-hmm. And then it's a letting go. It's not an exhale. So an exhale would be this. <sighs> like you'd be blowing out your air. It's mm-hmm. letting go. So I'm almost done. This is a snooze if you're not interested, but it's almost over. So this is the breath and it's... <sighs> And then the, the let go sounds like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is, and again, I, I really had to dig to find this. Mm-hmm. You're breathing in more than you're breathing out. Mm-hmm. So why? And it's helpful to know why. You're flooding your system with oxygen. You're getting your blood filled with oxygen. And that's what the breath holds are for is you're now going to be living off of the oxygen in your blood, not the oxygen in the air. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, this creates an intense euphoria for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. The key is you have to do it for me, at least four rounds. One round would be, uh, I do 40. Some people do 30, but 30 to 40 of these two, three, four, and all the way up to 40. Mm-hmm. And on the last one you go, 
And then on the exhale, you hold it. You hold it on the exhale, and that's counterintuitive. But remember, you're living off the oxygen in your blood. Mm -hmm. And you hold that, and you time it. The app has a retention timer. And you time it, and the first round, you're going for a minute. And then every subsequent round, you're going for a minute and a half. After you do it for a while, the first round will be a minute and a half, and every round will be like two minutes or more. Mm -hmm. Um, But you want to do it 40 breaths, 30 to 40 breaths, and then that's one round. Mm-hmm. Take a little break, like literally like five second break just to normalize your breathing and then do another round. And I do around four rounds is when I start feeling in really good euphoria. That's why I like to lie down. You can really feel your, your body sort of like twitching and shaking and your hands start to tingle. And I should also mention when you're holding your breath, you're trying to be present. Don't think about like how long it's been. Try to feel the sensation in your hands. It's very meditative. Feel the sensation. What does your skin feel like? What does your body feel like on the bed or the couch or whatever? So it's like about being present now. So it's sort of like a meditation as well. But sometimes I do six rounds as normal. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do eight or 10. And when I'm feeling in a funk, I'll do what I just explained And it will completely flip. It's like something reaches Mm -hmm. down my throat, grabs my feet from the inside, and then pulls my feet out my mouth, inverts my entire sense of being. Mm -hmm. And as a sober person, it really speaks to that. Somebody told me a line where for an addict, the only acceptable feeling is ecstasy, Mm -hmm. is pure ecstasy. Mm -hmm. And I love knowing that there's something that's meditative, that's good for your immune system, that's good to alkalize your body. And this is what no one really says point blank, but it really gets you high. Mm-hmm. So if I'm getting that feeling that maybe in the past I would have gone to marijuana or alcohol, there's, it's great to go like, I got you body. Yeah. I love you. And your pleasure is important to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take you through this and it's going to boost our immune system and it's going to boost our energy and it's going to boost our focus. And it's going to be like meditating. And also just between us, you're going to be vibrating mm-hmm. from the inside like you swallowed a, a moon mm-hmm. and, and you'll just feel great. Mm-hmm. And it's free. I just explained it and he explains it for free. I'm not scooping him. You can go on YouTube, type in Wim Hof guided uh, breathing three rounds or whatever. That's what I did for a very long time. I'll also but s- now I like the more breaths and the longer holds. So that's why I do it freestyle. And you can do it freestyle on the app. There's a there's a timer. That's what I use on the app. Use. Yeah, it's the retention timer, and but it saves the, it. The timer. I mean, the app. You had explained it to me already, but the app I think is good for beginners because they it, he really explains it. You watch the video. Oh, really? You can do the guided one first, so you get a sense of it. And then if you want to keep doing the guided ones, you could, or you can do the timer. But so I, I might have, yeah, I might have explained something that the app does explain, but I was going off the free YouTube content. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't think the that, is, no, is the free. app doesn't explain it in, in that detail. So I think that's, that, that, that was everything I wish I knew because it's only getting better mm. and it's just changed my life. Like I, I've also talked about doing gratitude journals every morning on my gratitude journal is Wim Hof. Mm. I either just did it or I'm glad to know that I have it. Mm-hmm. And it takes 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing that I just described, if you do four rounds, it takes 10 minutes or less. Yeah. So you really have something that doesn't require the focus of meditation. It just requires a little bit of a, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I need I need 10 minutes. And you, you can also do it sitting up if you're in like an office environment or something. Yeah. Anyway. It's a great tip. I'm super excited about it. And I wanted to share everything I knew. I love that. You have a poem? Yeah, I just opened up to uh, my Hafiz 
book, I Heard God Laughing, is one of his books translated by Daniel Ledensky. Hit it. I haven't read this poem yet. I just opened it to this page and thought we'd give it a try. I'm sure it's good. And the music, as always, is Eric Satie, Jimno PD number one. It's called What Happens. What happens when your soul begins to awaken? Your eyes and your heart and the cells of your body to the great journey of love? First, there is wonderful laughter and probably precious tears and a hundred sweet promises and those heroic vows no one can ever keep. But still God is delighted and amused. You once tried to be a saint. (laughs) What happens when your soul begins to awaken in this world to our deep need to love and serve the friend? Oh, the beloved, will you send one of his wonderful wild companions like Hafiz? Hmm. I love that these poems have, he, he like mentions himself by name multiple times. Hmm. It's very cute. I love that. Yeah. Laugh that you tried to be a saint made hmm. me smile. There's another one about laughing. Should I read it? Sure. Very short. It's called Someone Should Start Laughing. That's how I feel on stage. <laughs> That's the poem. That's all it's like. <laughs> um, Okay. I have a thousand brilliant lies for the question, how are you? I have a thousand brilliant lies for the question, what is God? If you think that the truth can be known from words, if you think that the sun and the ocean can pass through that tiny opening called the mouth, Mm. oh, someone should start laughing. Someone should start wildly laughing now. Whoa. <laughs> so good. That's great. Hafiz. Hafiz. <laughs> Thank you guys. So happy to share a little piece of our anniversary celebration with you. Yeah. This podcast, speaking of my gratitude list, is always on my gratitude list. Mm. Specifically, you guys listening. Um, I mean, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Val and I are talking. This isn't false. Praise. It's it's the community of listeners. So thank That's you for right. joining us. Yeah. And keep it crispy. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't left yet. Did you turn it off? Did you turn it off and then realize that there was still a little bit of the bar yeah. left? Yeah. What what did they do? Maybe they maybe they said something. Maybe you missed something really important. <gasps> Like the sequel teaser. The sequel teaser? You know, like in Marvel movies, if you stay oh, after yeah, the credits. Oh, yeah, yeah, But it's yeah. just the trailer for Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> um, check it out. Home, I'm in a Home Sweet Home Alone. Okay, keep it crispy, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.